As we continue our reflection on Second Peter, let's read today Second Peter chapter one verses five and six. Second Peter chapter one verse five. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness. In the last reflection, Peter reminded us of how God gave us all things for life and godliness. He's made many great and precious promises to us. And all of these resources are for us to tap into. Now, understand that having all these things at our disposal does not mean that every believer is mature in Christ. All too many do not tap into the resources and never mature in their walk with him. The knowledge of our riches in Jesus will mean nothing if we do not withdraw those resources from heaven and put them to use. You may have an umbrella sitting in your closet at home, but that umbrella will serve no purpose in the rain shower if you leave it there when you leave. Now, all too many believers never make use of the resources of heaven. They only do what they can do in the flesh. They live like unbelievers who have no God. They serve as if everything depends on them, and they live like they were poor when the riches of heaven are at their disposal. Now, Peter does not speak about the very great and precious promises of God so that we can hang them on a wall on a plaque and admire them. Those promises are there for us to use. God gives us everything we need for life and godliness, but he doesn't want us to put them in a drawer like an extra pair of socks and never use them. If all we do with those great and precious promises is frame them and hang them on the wall. You've never understood God's intention for them. Those promises are not just to admire at a distance. They are to use in our lives. And in the next section of this epistle, Peter shows us exactly what we are to do with what God has given, these great and precious promises, all of these resources of heaven that are for life and godliness. Peter wants us to take those promises and use them for the purpose and the kingdom of God. Notice that Peter begins verse 5 with the words, for this reason. Now, those words go back to what Peter has just told us. He's reminded us that God has given us all things for life and godliness and that he has given us and made for us great and precious promises. The words, 
for this reason, show us why God makes his power available to us and why he has made these promises to us. He's made this power available to us for a very specific purpose. So what is the reason for this power and precious promises of God? Well, Peter answers that in verse 5 when he says this, For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. We've been given promises and power so that we can have the ability to supplement or add to our faith. The faith that we've been given is not the end, but the very beginning. It's the foundation upon which we must now build our lives. Coming to faith in Jesus Christ is the starting point. There's much more to the Christian life than our salvation, just as there's much more to marriage than the wedding celebration or the ceremony. Our salvation places us on the right track. It's the foundation for a whole life that is ahead of us. And Peter tells us that we must now add to our faith. And we are not to be content with the foundation only. There is a whole house now to build on the foundation of faith that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. Now understand from Peter here that building on this foundation is of utmost importance. Notice the words, make every effort to supplement your faith. Make every effort. That means to, that we cannot spare any expense, but we must build upon what God has started in us. And over the next few verses, Peter tells us what we are to do with what God has given, those promises and the power for life and godliness. And so let's take a moment over the next while to look at seven qualifications that we are to add to our faith. If you want to take the words of Peter seriously, you'll have to take these great promises down from the wall and put them to use. Now, Peter begins by telling us that we are to add virtue to the foundation of our faith. The NIV translation uses the word goodness here. The word in its original sense speaks of moral purity and thought and action and deed. And God is calling for a people who will make it their ambition in life to walk in all sincerity of character. The one who adds virtue or goodness to his faith is concerned not just about outward deeds, but also about thoughts and attitudes as well. And I want to assure you that this is a lifelong process. The Lord has often shown me things in my life that I need to correct. I have experienced jealousy and pride and bitterness. There, there, there have been plenty of times when my sinful flesh has manifested itself. And every time the Lord reveals this, I need to see it as an opportunity to seek the Lord for victory. Sinful attitudes and desires must be purged from us. Ungodly speech and thoughts must be rooted 
pointed out. And if you are willing to confess this to God, God is able to give you victory. And what a shame it would be to have the power of God available to us, but never to draw upon that power to cleanse our heart, mind, and body of every impurity. Make every effort, says Peter, to add virtue or goodness to your faith. Be cleansed of the impurities. Confess those impurities to God and walk as one who is overcoming the flesh and its sinful ambitions and desires. Add to your faith goodness, virtue, by confessing your sin and seeking victory, the victory of God, to live as Jesus lived, to think as Jesus thought, and to be as Jesus is. Now, the second quality Peter tells us we are to add to faith is knowledge and virtue with knowledge, Peter says. Now, what does the knowledge refer to here? It's a knowledge that we must add to the foundation of faith we have in Jesus Christ. It's not a secular knowledge, but a spiritual knowledge. The knowledge Peter refers to here is a knowledge of God and his word. It's a knowledge that comes from the study of God's word. Now, all too many believers do not know the scriptures and what they teach. And they can be easily led astray by false teaching and error. I've met people who have strong opinions, but those opinions are not based on the truth contained in the scripture. They have ideas about God, but those ideas have not come from scripture, but from their own mind. They have ideas about what it means to live a godly life, but what they think and what God expects are two different matters. Our faith must be based on a clear knowledge of Scripture. We cannot separate our faith from a knowledge of what God teaches in His Word. This means that we need to find ways of increasing in knowledge of God through His Word. Our faith must be based on the truth of Scripture and not on our own ideas. We must add to our faith, a genuine knowledge of God and his purpose. Our faith is in the God described in the Bible. Our faith is in what the Bible tells us. And so Peter is challenging us that if we want to build on the foundation of faith, we must do so by means of the truth of God's word, we cannot separate our faith from the truth of scriptures. Otherwise, our faith is not in the truth that God proclaims. Self-control is the next quality Peter tells us to add to our faith, and knowledge with self-control. Verse 6, self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And there's a close connection between self-control, discipline, and obedience. 
Now, you can read the Bible to obtain knowledge and never have enough self-control to follow through. You can come to an understanding of what God requires, but never get around to doing it. Self-control is the ability to put aside those things that distract us to do what God requires. It's the willingness of, to sacrifice our time and effort to obtain the knowledge of God's word. For example, it, it, it is the God-given strength to stand up when we just want to sit down. The, the Christian life is filled with one day I should or I'll get around to that someday. But that day never comes and we never do what God has put in our heart to do. Everything God asks us to do will require discipline and self-control. And it often amazes me how we can think that godliness is just going to fall into our lap, that somehow we're going to have this important ministry for God without us ever having to do anything. Every work of God, every great work of God requires discipline and self-control. It will mean taking risks. It will mean putting aside less important things to do what God requires. The disciples of Jesus left their nets to follow him. They pushed themselves away from their business and did what Christ asked them to do. Paul exercised that self-control when he got up and went back into the places where he was stoned to preach the gospel. Peter challenges us to add self-control to our faith. Without this discipline, determined action and willing sacrifice, there will be no growth. God will give you that self-control, but you must be obedient and willing to step out. And so Peter tells us to add to the foundation of our faith this disciplined, self-control, willing sacrifice so that we can honor the Lord and grow in maturity and mature the faith that he has given to us. Now, the final quality I want to look at in this message is steadfastness and self-control with steadfastness, Peter says. Now, self-control will not always be easy. It will bring us through great difficulties and struggles, and we'll find ourselves in over our heads at times. At other times, we'll find ourselves saying, God, how, how much more sin will you discover in my life, and how will I ever overcome this evil within me? Peter's telling us that we must add steadfastness to virtue, knowledge, and self-control. Now, I've often defined steadfastness or perseverance, if you will, as the ability to remain under pressure without giving up until we reach our final destination. Now, a number of years ago, I was watching uh, a woman overseas who was carrying a large basket on her head. And I remember that occasion watching her trying to get that basket on her head. And in fact, the basket was was so heavy, she could not lift it high enough to, to get it upon her head. And so someone else had to literally help her to take that weight and support that weight so that she could get it on her head. And when she put it on her head, off she went to her destination. 
destination. Now, the fact of the matter is this, is, if, is that if she could not get that weight on her head, she could not get it off her head either without some help. And so here she goes with this weight, the full weight of this burden upon her head, a weight that she could not lift herself, carrying it on her head. And she would have to go to her destination to find someone else who could release that weight from her. Now, steadfastness or perseverance is the ability to carry a weight we cannot even lift to its ultimate destination. It's the ability to remain under pressure until that pressure accomplishes what God intends for our lives. It's the ability to keep going, even when things are difficult. It's the ability to get up when we fall down and and move forward in in the right direction. It it is connected to self-control, but it gives us endurance for the long haul. Peter tells us that we must add steadfastness to our faith. And when trials come our way and sickness and cancer threaten our lives, we choose not to give up, but to continue and to persevere with a weight that sometimes is heavier than we can bear on our heads until we reach our final destination, never giving up, never losing hope, steadfast and perseverant all the way. Peter tells us that we need that quality added to our faith. And so let me summarize what we have looked at so far. God has given us all we need for life and godliness, and we have his great and precious promises at our disposal. That does not mean that we will automatically mature in our faith. Maturity requires adding to the faith that we have been given. And adding to our faith does not mean that we have anything lacking in our faith. We have everything we need in Jesus Christ. Adding to our faith implies, however, tapping into what is there and maturing in it. Peter challenges us to add virtue or goodness to our faith, the quality of those whose heart desire is to be like Jesus. That implies repenting of our sin. It implies allowing the Spirit of God to chase away sinful thoughts, attitudes, and deeds. And next we are to add to that goodness, that virtue, knowledge, the knowledge of God and his word. We want to know the God of the Bible in whom we are to have faith. We want to know how to walk in his purpose. And any faith that is going to mature must do so in tune with the truths of scriptures. And all of this will require self-control. We will need to make an effort. We will need to make sacrifices. There will be barriers to push through, and that will not happen sitting in our easy chair. But we must stand up and make an effort, self-control. And finally, none of this is going to happen overnight. 
steadfastness or perseverance is going to be an absolute requirement in our faith. We must push through when things are hard. We must carry that weight, the weight that we cannot even lift ourselves to our final destination. And we ask ourselves, how is it possible? Peter gives us the answer. He tells us in the first section of his epistle that God has given us all things for life and godliness and that we have his great and precious promises to enable us to do what cannot be done in human strength. And so he who has given you the foundation of faith will also give you virtue, knowledge, self-control, and perseverance if you are willing to receive it from him. And so may God give us the heart to add to the faith he has put in us virtue, goodness, knowledge, self-control, and perseverance. And if we are willing, he is able. May God give us the willingness to add to our faith these vital virtues.